you're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So final score from Piscataway, Ohio State 56 Rutgers 21. A lot of Ohio State fans are freaking out that Ohio State's reserves gave up two second-half touchdowns to Rutgers. I, I was just kind of you know, looking through Twitter, and I listened to the Cleveland.com um, Ohio State pod, and a lot of fans are writing in with concerns about kind of what was an uninspired, relatively uninspired performance by Ohio State. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I got to stay off those pages buzz Zach, because I, I, I some of the stuff these people write is just unbelievable i like, agree with you they should have kept the first string in long. <laughs> I'm, like, just, I'm like just shut the fuck up you know? like, please please save spares all yeah it's ridiculous i mean I, I i'm guessing the news probably got to ryan day uh about the tua injury and you saw Justin Fields toward the end of the first half. He actually go, had to go to the medical tent and get some uh, get, get his throwing hand looked at. So I would I would assume after that Ohio State really kind of went into a shell and they, you know, didn't want to take any risks with any of his starters. Justin Fields most especially. Um, I, I don't know those twenty one points by Rutgers. Two of them were set up by you know t- Ohio State turnovers. Two of them were given up by. Uh, you know, 14 of those points were given up by Ohio State reserves long after the outcome of the of the game had been decided. I mean, Rutgers ran the ball 40 times. They averaged 2.8 yards a carry. Rutgers starting quarterback Johnny Landgren, he played the whole game. He finished 12 of 26 for 121 yards and two picks. Uh, I mean, I don't think we saw something where, you know, Rutgers found a weakness. They found like, you know, a cheat code or something and and they were running the ball at will or, you know, were able to exploit Ohio State in the passing game I think it was all about you know two turnovers that set Rutgers up deep in Ohio State territory lots of uh, playing time for Ohio State's second and third teamers I wouldn't personally I don't know how you guys feel about this I wouldn't read too much into uh, what we saw in the second half of that game why don't we go around the horn and get some impressions Uh, Chad what did you see from that game that stood out I mean you know Obviously, it's you, what we expected. I mean, I was pretty much ready to turn it over to the Georgia Auburn game. You know, five <laughs> minutes into the game, yeah. but uh, I mean, I tell you what, there were some great passes by Fields. Yeah. Some great catches. Alave had a killer grab, and so did Farrell. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, that yeah. for tight end, that was a hell of a grab. Um, I will give that uh, that quarterback at Langley kid a little bit of kudos, man. He he ran straight over top Borland. I yeah. mean, just put his head down and ran him right over. He's a big dude. Um, I got to, yeah. I thought the defense played well. Um, you know, but again, like we've talked all, all season, it was Rutgers. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think that all these people that are just, you know, spewing off, you know, their negativity about this and that, they, they're just uneducated, like stupid people. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously we've got a big stretch coming up. So, you know, obviously we've got to save our players. And, you know, the, the second and third stringers, I don't think they played that bad. There was a couple, like, you know, like you said, Zach, a couple turnovers or, uh, you know, second half where those scores shouldn't even happen. Yeah. Um, but, 
overall, I mean, I think the first couple, you know, first two quarters, we looked crisp, we looked good, um, but, you know, we'll ready for next week, man. Yeah, it's all about next week. Matt, what did you see in that game yesterday that uh, stood out to you? Well, I mean, the team lifts itself when we play better competition and then we have destroyed them. So that they have a lackluster game, admittedly, with most second and third teamers, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, we rested a lot of people for yeah, this we did. game. A lot, of people, a lot of people didn't make the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thing that really kind of bugs me is that, and it doesn't bug me, I mean, this sports, but, I mean, Dobbins not, you know, he would be having a unforgettable season, but these big wins against these teams, he's... He's being cheated out of making some. I mean, he would have been well over fifteen hundred yards so far. Oh yeah, and I'd and I'd even go steal as well. Would probably be at a thousand. He got taken out fairly early, and your boy Steel Chambers came in and did his number. <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, I, you know, it's a Rutgers game. You have half the team playing. You have the second and third teamers, and, and you know, like our good friend who isn't on today. Uh, you know, Frank and Spreadsheet said the, the remaining games is the those, the next games that all the rest of the games here are what matters. Yeah. So we have to really, this is where we got to amp it up. And if we win big, fine. If we win by a touchdown, fine. We just got to win out the rest of the road. Yeah. So hopefully resting these guys and giving these guys some reps but uh, being known that we got to pick it up, we can't come in like we did against Rutgers. We have to come in like we did against, you know, Wisconsin and uh, Penn State, and not Penn State, but Wisconsin and Michigan State, and just throw it down. Yeah, yeah, it's a five-game season now, as as Tim said earlier this uh, earlier this uh, week. Paige, what did you see yesterday? More of the same. I mean. Uh... It just goes to show you how pathetic Rutgers is that they can't even qualify into like this would be a trap game for a high state. <laughs> like think about they're coming off a bye, right? And then they, they just know, right? They know that they're going to be playing two inferior opponents in Maryland and Rutgers. But for the Maryland game, right, we had the Chase Young stuff going on. It was home. You know, I could see them getting up for the Maryland game. There was just no possible way. They were getting up for this game. They just weren't. Yeah. I mean, it was on the road, you know, it's cold. It, it, Rutgers Stadium, cold, mm-hmm. zero energy in that stadium. And, you know, they, they still bust out to a 21-point lead. If Wilson doesn't muff that punt, you know, then I think the score, you know, might have been closer to, you know, what we all expected it to be. That's a good point. Um, but I that, that play kind of changed the momentum of the game. Um, but it was never in doubt. And, you know, I, I – I just think, you know, everyone on the planet knew their main goal is get out of this game with a W and, you know, uh, without any injuries, and they accomplished that. And, you know, they, they I thought, like Plummer said, some of those uh, balls by fields, those were beautiful balls. Like, yeah. he was he was playing great. I didn't feel like the offensive line was playing that well. I agree. Um, you know, they yeah. were giving Dobbins, you know, a little bit of a fit here and there, but you know, all in all, it was the game that we expected. Um, I'm happy it's over. I'm sure everybody on the Ohio State coaching staff is happy that game is over. <laughs> get in, get the W, and get the fuck out. That was the whole plan. And mission accomplished. Uh, Mike, what did you see yesterday in that game? 
Not much. I was playing darts mostly and just kind of <laughs> glancing over my shoulder. And we didn't even really watch much of the second. We were flipping over to Penn, or, uh, the Minnesota-Iowa. Uh, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, how do you get up for a 52-point favorite game? There's yeah. no way. I, yeah. I agree with that. Just, I'm actually happy to see that we didn't cover. We had, like, some weak spots to at least talk about. I mean, weak spots. Come on. You know, maybe the guy ripped off the, the quarterback scrambled for about 15 yards. We all looked at it, you know, raised our eyebrows. Oh, what was that? What was going on here? What do we got here? And then, and then you see those perfect throws to Wilson in the tight end. It just boom, you know, gets us both feet down. I was thinking, why don't we save those plays? Yeah. The big games, those perfect <laughs> plays that nobody, I felt bad for Rutgers. Like, why does it have to happen to them? You know, we could have got that on anybody. <laughs> yeah, there was but, a. Uh, the, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There were there were three really nice pass plays. Uh, well, you know, Alave made the the play on the deep ball that was underthrown. He pulled it off his shoestrings, which is amazing. Uh, there was a great. I think one of you guys made reference to the throw at, to Farrell in the corner of the end zone, which was a beautifully thrown ball and a great catch. There was another great throw to Ben Victor on Ohio State's second touchdown uh, uh, play, also in the corner of the end zone. Uh, Fields is really good at placing the ball uh, on those types of throws. Um, it was good to see him go downfield a little bit. Granted, it was Rutgers, but I heard a, an interesting stat earlier in the week, and I tried to look it up. I could not find this stat anywhere. I, granted, I didn't do too much digging, but I was trying to find where Ohio State ranks nationally in, in yards of 40 uh, in plays of 40 yards or more in the passing game because Bill Landis of The Athletic had said earlier this week that Ohio State is like 110th or something in the country and in, in pass plays over 40 yards. If you're going to point out a, a weakness, if you can call it that, is that they haven't really uh, gone downfield in the passing game all that much this year. And there were a couple of nice deep balls to Alave. Granted, it was against Rutgers, but I, that's something I think you would want to see and, uh, you know, out of Ohio State going into the now this five-game season of all their biggest games, uh, the ability to at least test a defense deep down the field. So it was good to see them complete a couple of balls. Uh, Olave caught another one, which is a little better thrown ball earlier in the game, I think it was. So that was nice to see. The other thing that, that stood out a little bit to me, I guess, that made me raise an eyebrow was the, the, the fourth and goal stop by Rutgers on Dobbins in the second quarter. And I think that that kind of speaks to a somewhat of an uninspired performance from the run game yesterday. Again, you know, only in two quarters, though. I mean, they didn't even get a chance to make amends in the second half because everybody was on the bench. But that was a little weird to see Rutgers come up with the fourth down stop. Then again, Day called four straight run plays for Dobbins to end that drive. It stands to reason that, you know, against an opponent like Penn State or Michigan, you know, that's not how he's going to call the game, right? You're going to mix it up a little bit, maybe a read option with, you know, Fields keeping it or, you know, you try and do something in the passing game there. But all in all, yeah, Paige, as you said, Ohio State handled their business without any injuries and, and, and also avoiding kind of a weird wonky result that might make the, the, the committee uh, think of them a little bit differently. And I think that's kind of... We'll talk about it later in the pod. That's a little bit what happened to LSU against Ole Miss. Um, it, 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 you know, the way they performed in that game might might have people questioning them. Um, are there any other 
observations, comments the, on on uh, on the Rutgers game that you guys want to add before we move on to the other uh, other action around the country? So one I, one thing I was thinking about, and not so much about Rutgers, um, but I wonder about this team not have honestly played any close games mm-hmm. all year, yeah. right? And that's just a different ball game, and it's. Uh, you know, something that I was concerned about a little bit with day coming in, you know, like just yes, the game were. management in a tight, tight ball game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because urban was so great in that, but we have not, I mean, every game is freaking over in the second quarter and we know that's going to change, you know? And, um, I just kind of wonder if that's a concern for the coaching staff and how yeah. this team reacts when, when that happens. Yeah. I, you know, the, you know, the thing I would say really quickly is that we have started the game behind the eight ball a little bit on a couple of games in the first quarter. Now, we haven't gone into the fourth quarter where we've been down or we've been behind. So, yeah, you can see that. But we have responded at least a couple of times when we've unexpectedly been on the uh, on the, the catch-up, uh, you know, have been trailing. So, But I hear your point. I, yeah, it's a good one. I agree, Sloaner, because there was a couple times like we talked about it earlier in the pod, like a season in the pod, where it was great to see the adjustments made by Day and the, the coaching staff. So I, I'm not worried about that at all. I don't think it's going to be. I think the game will be over in the second quarter next week. Um, I think Michigan's probably the only game that's going to be a, a test uh, for us being in Ann Arbor. Um, I still don't think they can hang with this, but I think you know. But I, 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 I feel confident in Day and the and. Hayley and you know those guys making an, uh, you know adjustments at halftime and when when, when needed. Yeah, would so it be n- nothing. Oh, go ahead, Zach. No, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say the old, the thing that would be the sweetest would be us Michigan leading us at halftime and all everywhere in Ann Arbor they're doing double shots of <laughs> you know triple triple sack, which is probably what they drink. Right? <laughs> um, and you know then we just come back and crush them. But yeah. I, We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, they haven't had a lot of those moments this year, to your point, Paige. The only two that I can think of that were meaningful, and they were earlier in the game, they weren't fourth quarter, uh, you know, worries. But the Michigan State game, uh, we uh, we jumped out to a 10 nothing lead in that game. And in the second quarter, you guys probably remember, Michigan State scored to make it 10-7 early in that second quarter. Then Ohio State, you know, uh, turned it on and ended up running away with that game. By halftime, it was over. And then the Wisconsin game, we go into the half up ten nothing. Obviously, weather had had a hand in in that. But then Wisconsin comes out in the second half, gets the block punt, and then they score uh, to make that a ten seven game in the third quarter. Those are the only two moments where I really felt there was any kind of consternation, any kind of concern on the part of Buckeye fans. And it will be interesting to see should Penn State and or Michigan before quarter games, how Day handles himself. Uh, certainly, if you think they, they advance beyond that and they play and you know, get into the college football playoff, you would expect a four-quarter game. And, and I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but, I mean, these are first-world problems, aren't they? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just looking for things to, 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 to be concerned about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to manufacture uh, concerns for this team at this point. It was interesting. I guess so. At the at the start of the game, they weren't on the participation report that they release, the availability report that they release. I think on Thursday or Friday. But 
they sat Damon Arnett yesterday. Um, he did not play at all. I think, well, Mac was on the availability report. I think he was going to be a scratch as well. Um, it was weird because I didn't think Jonathan Cooper was going to play, but then I saw in the box score he was credited with a tackle. I, I tend to think that might have been another player that wears the same number uh, because I didn't see Cooper out there. He didn't play. Um, he didn't play. He did not play. Chase Young, obviously, uh, did not play. Uh, we did not have um, – who else were we without? We were without um, – Brownie. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Brownie. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there were, there were a few guys – Matt, I think you even mentioned this. There were a few guys that didn't even make the trip or weren't even in uniform. And then everybody uh, that was a starter or played meaningful snaps seemed to sit after halftime. So, not too much. I would not glean too much from anything that we really saw in this game at all. Um, Ohio State handled their business. Um, their, their, the perception uh, is intact, I think, and you know, physically they're intact going into the, the stretch here. Uh, any other comments, guys, that you had about the Rutgers performance before we move on? Okay. Um, let's move on to some of, the, uh, some of the other action that happened around the country. I'm going to say Penn State, Indiana for a little later because I, I think we want to talk a little bit about Penn State looking ahead to next week. How about Iowa, Minnesota? I thought that was... Uh, that was an interesting result. Minnesota, uh, Iowa jumped all over Minnesota. Credit to Minnesota for coming back and having a chance to, to win that game late or, or tie it uh, late. Um, Kinnick is a really tough place to go if you're a top 10 team. Really tough turnaround for Minnesota. They get an emotional win against Penn State at home, then have to turn around and play the Hawkeyes on the road the following week. Does that ring a bell for Ohio State fans, guys? Does that, why, why does that ring a bell? For me, I don't know. A couple years ago, yeah. we had to do the same thing, and Iowa got us. Um, <laughs> Ch- Chad, did uh, <laughs> Chad? Did you happen to see any of that game? And if you did, what what were your thoughts? I did watch that, and I and I think I sent that to thought. I mean, Prince is what I think he's like ten and one at home, favored by three points or less, which is pretty impressive. But you know, Minnesota just had some. You know, they had a couple of missed field goals. They mm-hmm. had, uh, you know, they went with Ford on a fourth and goal. I mean, Minnesota didn't play their game. Um, but, you know, hey, Iowa, man, they that, that defensive line, like, they showed up yesterday. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of boys on there that had some good plays. But, you know, it kind of sucks. I kind of wanted to see Minnesota win that game. But, you know. It is what it is, I guess. Well, and I, th- I still what think they're that? in the driver's seat in the West, too, right? I mean, all is not lost for yeah. Minnesota. They still have a lead in the West. And honestly, if things fall right, they could very, very well find themselves still in the playoff discussion going into the Big Ten title game. So all's not lost for them. Sorry, Paige, were you going to make a point? Um, no, but they're, they're out of the playoff. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I don't think yeah. they're done. Yeah, um, um, the other thing... You know, we talked about this game on the prediction pod, and it had all the trappings, right? But I just, you know, I was like, God, I just don't see it. I think Minnesota's going to do it. I was totally wrong. Um, uh, Stanley played a hell of a game. That guy was throwing darts. Um, you know, why they can't get consistent play out of that guy has got to be super frustrating to the Iowa fans. Um, but the other thing Timmy and I were talking about as we were watching that, I'm just, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, what does this say about Penn State? 
and that's after watching yeah, the Indiana, and I know we're going to get to that. Yeah. But I just had me, you know, playing it forward where I'm like, okay, um, you know, uh, I, I wasn't a huge believer in Minnesota, but the fact that they knocked off Penn State, um, you know, that's what we were talking about mostly watching that performance. I agree. Like, I really wanted Minnesota to win it, but Iowa just was the better team, plain and simple. Well, it's funny because Minnesota outgained Iowa 431 to 290. I mean, that that's not trivial. I mean, they really, uh, they, uh, you know, I, I, I actually only saw bits and pieces of the game, but, you know, Minnesota certainly in the, in the box score, uh, you know, time of possession, um, you know, they had an edge in some key areas, but yeah, credit to Iowa. They, they found a way to, to yeah, they, go ahead. Yeah, Dave. they did like just watching the game, like Minnesota had some late drives and that's where they, they put up most of those yards. But when, when Iowa needed to make a play, they made a play and Minnesota couldn't stop them. And it was just, you know, Iowa jumped out to a big lead and kind of held on, um, but controlled the game. I mean, they played the game that they wanted to play and, mm-hmm. you know, Minnesota was to able to put up. Uh, you know, a fair amount of yards, just trying to claw back into it. But that's what you have to do when you're down. So yeah, um, they couldn't yeah, run the and ball. Then that, that, they could not run the ball in yeah, that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Iowa had completely yeah. taken the run away and really forced Minnesota to be one dimensional. And they got after Tanner Morgan too. Six sacks of Morgan. Oh yeah, they, yeah. Three of them were in that last drive when they had a minute fifty seconds left. I mean, they like. That one dude had two of them. I mean, they, that offensive line just basically just laid down and let them come in. Like, you know, I thought, like, all right, there's a minute 50 left. I think that quarterback's pretty good. Like, you know, I, I expected him to at least, you know, have a chance. But, uh, you know, that, uh, that defensive line for Iowa, man, they got in there. Yeah, they were good. A.J. Epinesa was was the guy for, for Iowa. He had two yeah. and a half sacks yesterday. He, he was definitely yeah. a force in that game for them. Sloaner, did you happen to catch any of the Minnesota-Iowa game yesterday? Yeah, I did. You know, and bottom line is styles make fights. And they came in and they took advantage of everything that uh, Minnesota gave them. And when you're at home and your game is clicking on both sides of the ball, the other team's not capitalizing, you know, making bump and making turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. That's why, you know, as much as we could talk about Penn State and this and that, it's like, what Penn State team shows up next week and what Ohio State team shows up. You never know. That's what the great thing about sports is. You never know. Something uh, the unexpected could happen. But, yeah, it, to, to Plummer's point, man, God, it seemed like that OL line was gassed at the end. It's like, yeah. okay, guys, you you protect your undefeated season, go down the field, and they basically just, those O-linemen just let the guy, you know, just gave him no protection. I yeah. thought they were going to go at least at a 50-yard line to heave a bomb. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah. yeah, yeah. Minis- another Minis- thing that go ahead, Chad. Go ahead, go ahead Chad. I'm gonna say another thing that really hurt him because their their starting field goal, like you know, their starting field goal kicker was injured, so he wasn't playing in that game. And when they went down, and scored there at the end, and they missed that point because that made a big difference because they could have like a field goal could have you know tied the game, but he missed that extra point, so they stopped oh, Iowa right. and they had to score a touchdown. Yeah, good point, Mike. What did you see in that game yesterday? Anything that stood out? Um, yeah, I was dead wrong on that too. I had Minnesota in the uh, preview uh, cast. So did I. And uh, yeah, I thought you know I think the difference was just the uh, home and away team. I mean, Penn, I was impressed with Minnesota when they beat Penn State, but they were home. They were up for that game. They're about comparable with an Iowa team, a six and three Iowa team. 
and uh, I was home. They were up for it, and uh, you know they just prevailed. They, 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 this is a big game for them. This is kind of their, their, uh, you know, they had a chance to to beat knock off an undefeated rival. So they wanted that pig, that bronze pig, <laughs> Floyd of Rosedale. Did you guys get that link? I, there's a whole backstory on that that I read. I thought it was interesting. I did see that. That's hilarious. Floyd of Rosedale. They play for a bronze pig in that series. I love it. Uh, yeah. Chad, you made a good point about the missed extra point by Minnesota late because that really might have changed how Minnesota approaches that last drive. If you only need a field goal instead of a touchdown, that was huge. Uh, and actually, that's yeah, a really they, good observation. And Fleck had to use a timeout on uh, which he shouldn't have needed to use. And, that, you know, so they didn't have three timeouts going into that drive either. So kind of put them in the fucking backseat of the bus. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, so I still think Minnesota comes out of the West. I, I know they've got a big matchup the uh, November 30th, the same day that we play Michigan. There's a huge matchup in Minneapolis uh, against Wisconsin. That's probably going to be for the division. But I, I, I just think Minnesota's, they're dynamic in the passing game, and I think that's going to give them an edge over Wisconsin uh, uh, in, you know, in that finale. So I still like Minnesota to come out of the West. Then again, We'll see. I mean, we see some of these teams that look great for eight games and then they get into November and the lack of depth, you know, when everybody's worn down and nicked up and banged up. And, you know, they don't, they probably don't have the same. Well, they certainly don't have the same luxury as like an Ohio State or some of these other programs where they can bring in guys off the two deep to fill in the, the plug in the holes left by some starters who are a little nicked up. So we'll see how Minnesota bounces back from this. But I still tend to think the West is going to be uh, they're, they're going to win the West. All right, guys, let's let's move on to the LSU Ole Miss game. I'm going to give you my impressions of what happened, and then we'll go around the horn. What really stood out to me in that game, the LSU defense giving up 37 points and 614 yards of total offense to, let's face it, an Ole Miss team that's just not very good, not very dynamic. 402 of those yards were given up on the ground. Uh, Ole Miss's quarterback is a strictly a run-first quarterback, really can't do much with his arm. If you're looking at LSU's schedule and you go back and look at some of their earlier games, last week they gave up 541 yards to Alabama. Now, there's no disgrace in that. That's an Alabama offense that's loaded with NFL talent. But you go back to the Texas game and look at Texas lost again yesterday. That's a, what are they, a 6-4 and four team now. They gave up 530 yards of total offense to Texas earlier this year, 457 to Florida earlier this year. I think LSU's defense is a problem. I think it's a big problem, and I think it should – a matchup with Ohio State – I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but um, I, I, I like our defense in that matchup if it happens. Should LSU even get there, I tend to think that offense could cost them – sorry, that defense could cost them before they even get to a national title game. I think it's, I think it's a problem. I mean, 614 yards to Ole Miss – I don't know, I think it's a problem. Matt, did you catch any of that game? And if you did, what were your impressions? I caught a little bit of it, but I, you know, I looked at the stats this morning because you sent that over, and that, that's just like those games in the Alabama game. And, you know, you, the, you make a great point about the Texas game as well. I mean, there's no way you're going to get a national championship if you're giving over 400 yards of, of offense to the opposing team. I agree. And especially one that with a substandard. I'm like, it, it heartens our thing because we have a good balance on mm-hmm. for our team. But um, you're putting extra pressure on your offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and you are keeping your defense on the field longer because you can't do three and outs. So that may bode in your favor, having your high ex- explosive offense, getting some rest in the first two quarters, but the second half of the game, that's just going to, you know, the house of cards are going to fall down. So, yeah, yeah they got to they, they figure something out pretty quickly because there's only so much the offense can do and it can't play defense. Paige, what did you did you see any of that game? And if you did, what did you, what were your takeaways? No, I I didn't watch one play. We actually had the the Baylor Oklahoma game on, which was amazing. Um, yeah. it, it was it was I was thinking about it. It was exactly the scenario that Sloaner was just talking about. Like if we were down at halftime at Michigan because Baylor kicked their ass in the first quarter in the first half, mm-hmm. and then it, it, the wheels just came off. And the people in the stands were just completely stunned it was kind of funny to watch but i did not watch one snap of the lsu game but who did texas lose to i didn't even realize they lost because that was a big deal i think you know again i think yeah the committee you know it was a six and three texas uh team that was unranked beat some crappy team before and then all of a sudden is ranked 19 because i think they they do that shit to to bolster their arguments as far as you know, what teams are ranked and what teams are not ranked, mm-hmm. and the fact that Texas went down again, um, how good really is LSU? I mean, I didn't watch any of that game, but obviously they've got a, a big problem on their hands with their defense. Chad, what did you see in that game yesterday that stood out? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, you and I were texting back and forth the at the uh, you know end of that game and the end of the Oklahoma game, but you know, I mean, nothing like. I mean, Burrow is—he's—he's he's a stud. I mean, he had a couple interceptions, but kid's got an arm, man. But mm-hmm. their defense, like you know, not to beat a dead horse, they can't stop us. I mean, I—I—they'd I, have to have an act of God to stop us, like for an entire game. <laughs> Force majeure. <laughs> My, um, Mike, did you catch any of that game? And if you did, what did you think? I didn't catch any of it. I'm just glancing at the box score. I would just be, uh, I'll be the lone voice of uh, caution here. Um, just to, there's it could be legitimate reasons why they gave up a lot of yards to Ole Miss. They just came down from a big win. Mm-hmm. Alabama, they, you know, they could have been beat up a little bit. Yeah. I'm looking at the score. They never really let it within 14 points. That was the closest it got. Was it, I mean, was it a close? I guess it depends on how they score. They racked up those those yards and points. If they were a big play or what, or if you really see legitimate holes there, but it, the game, it's not like they were in danger there any, any kind of jeopardy. What they they could not deal. That, Sorry, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I said to think to your point, Zach. Like it's it's like a, a weekly trend with them, though. It's not just like old Miss. It's everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they have the yard. They they have three performances this season that where they've given up over 500 yards of total offense, and I think really the that only was Texas, Texas, Alabama, Alabama, and and, okay. and Ole Miss, and oh, then first. Mm-hmm. A, another 457 to Florida, who's you know solid. They're a good team, but I wouldn't say a potent offense by any means. And I I think okay. you know kind of looking in the rear view at Texas at the time that seemed like okay, no big deal. You're on the road. You're in Austin. It's Texas. They've got a good quarterback. But now, kind of with hindsight, you're, you're talking about a six and four Texas team who, in some of these games, has really struggled to generate some offense. Yet they they put up 530 against LSU. But but I do think you make a good point, Mike. That there's no doubt that LSU had to be beat up from that track meet 
uh, with Alabama the week before. I, I definitely think that had to have played a hand, especially in the second half against Old Miss. This John Reese Plummer or Plumley, sorry, is the name of the quarterback from Ellis uh, from Old Miss who just chewed him up yesterday. He's a run first quarterback. He ran for 212 yards and four touchdowns uh, against LSU. And really, uh, in that inside zone read, they had no answer, LSU. The defense had no no answer for him. I mean, he was just ripping off chunk plays left and right. And uh, the LSU defense looked pretty hapless in the second half of that game. Any other comments? um, Go ahead, Paige. What's LSU schedule from here? So I, I believe all the, the hay's in the barn, so to speak, with them. So they've got Arkansas next week at home, and then they finish at home <laughs> against uh, Texas A&M, who is, eh, mm. you know, that's, they're not yeah. bad. They're 7-3 and three, A&M. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's a game to watch right there, A&M. I, I don't necessarily know. I mean, that, that could be, hey, if you're struggling with Ole Miss – with that defense, the way they play, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I tend to think that could be a, a pretty good game and one that LSU can't can't overlook. Going was in. it a struggle of a game? Was it uh, Ole Miss? Yeah. Was it? Uh, did it feel like it was close? It, well, it, not early. It was a thirty-one-seven halftime lead by LSU, but then in the second half, uh, it it got uncomfortable there in the fourth quarter. I think they, I think Ole Miss had got it down to about fourteen, which when you consider how big the the you know the deficit was earlier in that game? I think that's pretty uncomfortable if you're a an LSU fan sitting there watching that. Um, you know the the yards and points have to be troubling. I I don't think that can be overlooked or dismissed. I mean we've seen Urban Meyer teams that have this same issue, uh, where they they play an overmatched opponent who put up lots of yards and points on us. We kind of dismiss it. Ah, no big deal. But at some point later in the season, it ends up catching up to us. I have a feeling that might happen here with LSU sometime within the next, you know, five to six games, wherever wherever their season ends. And they may well, win the whole damn thing and just outscore everybody, but I don't know. History would say you've got to be able to play a little defense to win a title, right? Yeah, I mean, was, is that the problem that happened with our Troy Smith team when we played Florida? We had all we were all Heisman winner Troy Smith, and really no one. Uh, that great on defense. Yeah. That, 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 that came crumbling down. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I remember that defense being pretty good. Yeah, you're right, because we played Michigan in the finale that year, and Michigan put up tons of, what, 39, and Mike Hart ran all over us, and, and Henny threw all over us. We had to outscore. Yeah, we were at that game. Yeah, oh, you were there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and for some reason I th- I'm thinking more of, of – that's a good example, Matt. I'm also thinking of some of these Urban Meyer teams – like that 2013 team, they ended up losing like Christian Bryant in the Wisconsin game. They're starting safety, and they were just never able to find a replacement for him. And there were some games down the stretch against, you know, middling teams where they put up lots of yards and points but couldn't stop our offense. We still win decisively, but you came away thinking, like, hmm, I don't know. Could that be a problem against better competition? So I get the sense that that's where we are with this LSU team. Just my two cents there. Um, any other comments? Well, it, 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 will, it will come to fruition if and when we match up with them or Clemson does. Yeah. And no one's talking about Clemson. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's um, time we start. But <laughs> yeah, I totally, I, I, I think so. And so, you know, LSU, I mean, they got by Bama, but that was an emotional win. It got very close to the end. 
But when you go up against, there's really only two. It's a three team. It kind of looks like, you know, there are three teams clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. And we know we have a good defense. So why, you know, I mean, clearly we would have the advantage and I would probably say the same thing with Clemson at this point. I would too. Yeah. You know, Clemson, uh, I, I think we can, I think we can put an end to this, you know, Clemson narrative that, you know, they've been sleepwalking through the season. They're kind of like the 2015 Ohio State team or that 2014 Florida State team that were just kind of hung over from winning titles the year before. I mean, since that close call against UNC, uh, Clemson has won 45-14, 45-10, 59-7, 59-14, 55-10. And then yesterday against a halfway decent Wake Forest team, 52-3. to I don't know about you guys. I don't want to see that Clemson team. If we can avoid them in the playoffs, that'd be fine by me. Um, they, they start, they're starting to round into form. And granted, I know their schedule sucks, but they're doing exactly what you would expect an elite team to do against that schedule. And actually, they've been doing it for quite a while now. Anybody have any comments on Clemson while we're on the topic? I can't. I, I hope want we do get to play them. I would like to play him. This is the team I would like to play him with. So, Mike, you'd Definitely. like to play him? Matt, sorry, what were you saying? You said you'd also like to play them? Hell, I, yeah, because I think that, you know, it's, it, it's the cheesiest way to explain it is kind of like this is kind of a revenge fantasy team. It's <laughs> exactly. Like you you want to go back and take out everyone that's ever slided you. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is like kill, kill Bill 3, right? It's, like, it's a, you know, a Tarantino <laughs> revenge fantasy. All right. There you go. <laughs> is it just because you had your heart broken so many times, Sloaner? You want some revenge tour? <laughs> Definitely. I want to see Dave's face when we beat them. That's what I want to see. I love, Chad, I love how you intentionally mispronounce Dabo Sweeney's name, Dabo. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I can't stand Dabo. <laughs> Paige, my heart is black as the night. It doesn't get broken. <laughs> <laughs> We, we've kind of we haven't even gone there yet, and it was probably the biggest storyline of the whole day, which was Tua Tagovailoa, Alabama's starting quarterback, done for the season with a dislocated hip. So the question is, so is Bama done for the season? Mike, what do you think? What, what, how do you see Bama's chances now without Tagovailoa? I think I've seen their backup QBs, which who aren't bad. Doesn't isn't his little brother one of the backups? Something like that. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Um, they'll they'll still be um, formidable. They now they have to get their biggest challenge is getting by Auburn, and uh, if they don't do that, even if they do do that, they're still not going to win the uh, the West. They're not going to be in the SEC championship game. Is that right? That's uh, right. Assuming LSU with their hay in the barn. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I don't think that it, it's an uphill, uh, you know, they'd have to get votes and, you know, they're just not going to be the same team. So I think they are. They're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the other thing they'll have to deal with is it's not so much about Alabama as it is about teams behind them now that are going to have opportunities right. to, to play big games and then move ahead of them in the rankings. Um, yeah. I mean, unless there's chaos. That, that, Go ahead, Paige. That's why uh, Baylor losing was huge for Alabama. I'm t- I'm, I, I think uh, B- Bama's not done. 
they're not done. Their backups are good. It's not like they've got chugging off. Their backups are five-star guys. Yeah. And that guy that played when Tua was out was fine. Is he Tua? No. Um, but but if 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 Oregon stumbles and Ellis and LSU's making the playoff, Bama won't go play in their championship game. They'll be the fourth seed. Mark my words. Wow. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I would yeah. also say that they like LSU don't have a they don't, their defense isn't stellar, so no. that makes it, it makes it harder for their offense to. You know, since they're they're on shaky grounds with their quarterback, extra emphasis is going to be on them to pick up the balls. And can they? That will be the story. So that is a good point. You had, of the teams that are kind of on Bama's heels in this week's playoff rankings, you had Minnesota sitting there at number eight. You know, they lose. They're out. Oregon and Utah are right behind them at six and seven. They're both eight and one. They play each other. Uh, They will play each other in the Pac-12 title game. So you would think, should the winner of that game come out? Well, then it comes down to a debate. Uh, if you've got a 12-1 and Pac-12 champion between Oregon and Utah sitting behind Bama, that could be a tough call for the committee. Uh, and, you know, you're the committee, you're sitting there, no Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Bama did not play in their championship game. They, they're not a conference championship, uh, a conference winner or a champion, and you've got a Pac-12 champion at 12-1 and one sitting there. Man, woof. I think there could be some real and heat Oklahoma. on the committee. And, and Oklahoma, right, who, that's true. Uh, Oklahoma got themselves but, back into the conversation, didn't they? And I'm not saying that Bama would be necessarily the most deserving team, but just say there's a scenario, what you just described, and Utah is the Pac-12 champion. What do you think that line would be? On a neutral field, if Against it's Bama, Alabama, if it's Bama and, and Utah, well then it comes down. To, yeah, I mean then it comes down to the the age old question, right? Is it most deserving versus best team? Um, yeah, that 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 is very much looking like the conundrum the playoff committee is going to be in because of the way things shake out. You got to now. The other thing is, what if uh, you know Georgia wins out? They play LSU in the championship game. I believe that game's going to be played. In Atlanta, that LSU that LSU defense pretty shaky. What if Georgia upsets LSU? Uh, well, then then that would take that would take Alabama completely out of the conversation, right? Right. So, well, I got, maybe it's a little too early to to go through all these scenarios. But Paige, you do make a good point. Alabama's gotten the benefit of the doubt uh, before. We've seen it as Ohio State fans. Um, it's not over yet. A lot of crazy shit can still happen. And, and who's to say Oregon and Utah might not stumble before they play each other? Um, I, I don't know if anyone's a huge believer in those two teams. They're good teams. I don't know how, how good they are. Anyway, that's, yeah, that's a very interesting thing. Yeah, starting that, to heat up. that injury, man, that injury is brutal because apparently he dislocated his hip when, so when it popped out, but then he broke the bone also. Oh. Which I'm, I, our buddy Tommy was over. He said it's a very similar injury that Bo Jackson, Jackson had. Oh yeah. right, yeah, which ended his career. So, yeah, he was done. Yeah, after that. I mean, it's really sad. He was never I mean, the that's same. That's a bummer for that dude. Yeah, that's an awful injury. Awful. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, what we'll know in a, in a few weeks. Things are starting to come into, uh, to to focus here. Paige, I I agree with you. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson appear to be a cut above. 
And then uh, beyond those three teams, it'll be really fun to see who gets that fourth spot. And I think the playoff committee is going to end up with a real conundrum, having to pick between probably a one-loss Pac-12 champion and an Alabama. It's starting to, it's starting to look that way. Um, Which is kind of cool, right? I mean, the controversy is fun, right? Oh, for fun sure. Fun to debate. As long as we're not we're one not of the, the controversial of it. teams, it makes it stressful. <laughs> um, all right, so I wanted to move. I, I was saving this this game for the for the last one that we look at because that'll lead us into a discussion about the Penn State matchup next week for Ohio State. Penn State, Indiana, uh, yesterday. Uh, Penn State ekes it out by a touchdown, uh, but Indiana made it very uncomfortable for them, and uh, and in fact outgained Penn State four sixty two to three seventy one. Indiana quarterback Peyton Ramsey finished with three hundred seventy one yards passing. Uh, he hit several plays down the field against that Penn State secondary. I thought he looked very good, and I thought that Penn State secondary continues to look more and more vulnerable every week. Remember the week before Tanner Morgan of Minnesota, he threw for 339 against that Penn State secondary. Um, I also noticed that the, the Penn State defensive line is not getting the same level of pressure uh, that they were earlier in the year. Only two sacks yesterday against Ramsey. The week before against Minnesota, only one sack, only three total tackles for loss for the Penn State front seven yesterday. That includes the two sacks. And and really, I, uh, sorry, Indiana seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted in the passing game. I don't know that that bodes well for Penn State going into Saturday. Uh, Chad, give me your impressions of what you saw in that game yesterday. Well, I'll be honest with you, man. Indiana should have won the game. Um they played, they played a better top-to-bottom game than Penn State did, and I, I feel bad for them because they, uh, they came out and looked well. Penn State's defense, man, they are weak. Yeah. They are not that good. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I, Penn State, you know, they, they have a history of playing us tough, um, but I, I honestly, I think it's going to be over at halftime this week. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. I'm starting to come around to that view myself. Mike, did you watch any of that game yesterday? If so, what did you, you see? We caught a little bit of it. Um, that, that Ramsey guy, another hot and cold Big Ten quarterback. I mean, he he looked good. He, he was throwing darts. He's done that to us before. Yeah. But then Indiana, but they played their best game. But I was wrong again. I had Penn State convincingly at home. What was it, a 14-point line? Yeah, I think Something so. like that. Mm-hmm. And um, – I don't know. Maybe you could say Penn State's looking ahead. I doubt it. I think they're just right around the same level of a, of an Iowa, Minnesota. They're just. Um, I don't think we're going to have a problem with them either. Really, uh, it is fair to mention. I mean, it's only fair to mention that that KJ Hamler did not play. He was in concussion protocol for Penn State. That ah, that's right. I'm sure that that probably had an impact. Certainly not on the defensive side, which was my big takeaway from that game. Paige, what did you see in that game? I think it's, you know, I think Indiana's pretty good. Um, yeah. And I don't think Penn State's <laughs> that great. And so since it's, you know, I thought it was kind of a game that we expected. I wasn't surprised that Indiana made that close and, uh, you know, had a chance to win it. And then I also, like I said before in the pod, I think it's, you know, the, the fact that, then, you know, Minnesota loses to Iowa, I just, you know, Penn State's, yeah, they're just, they're good. They're a good team. They're not great. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't give us some problems next week for sure. And yeah. I think Indiana's underrated. I mean, Indiana should have been ranked. Um, uh, they've got a pretty good team there. So I wasn't surprised by that outcome at all. 
Uh, I'm just excited for the game next week and finally step up in competition against Penn State. It'd be awesome. Matt, Matt, what did you see in that game yesterday? Uh, you know, I game cast that game. I didn't actually watch it. I cheered mm-hmm. it for like here and there. But, you know, similar to what uh, I said about uh, uh, LSU after Alabama, maybe PA, you know, Penn State was feeling a little weary after getting the, getting the beat down from mm-hmm. Minnesota. Uh, you know, it, they're playing at home. They're playing a team they should be. You know, they don't have what probably their, their star offensive player. You know, and Indiana's not a bad team. The thing I keep taking away from all these games, even Michigan State and Michigan, like there is two levels of, you know, teams in our conference. There's us, and then there's these other teams that are, you know, good but not great. And it's fun to watch them because they play well against each other. The only teams they don't really play well is against us because we <laughs> just have too many, too much on either both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So, like, Penn State will – like, look, Penn State is, and their coach is, will come in with a, a good game plan. The the key, which I've never seen Penn State do well, is make uh, adjustments. So, you know, I, I'm not worried, too worried about next week. But they'll come in, they'll be, first half will be exciting, and then, you know, there'll be some drop-off. Yeah, I I, I think I know where I'm going to go with my pick uh, later this week when we do the, when we do the, um, the prediction pods. And and I understand the recent history. I'm well aware of the recent history uh, between these two teams. You go back to 2016. It was a three-point game, a three-point loss for Ohio State uh, on the block field. Three or four-point loss uh, on the on the block field goal return for a touchdown by Penn State late in that game. That was Ohio State's only regular season loss last uh, that year. 2017, we had to me- we had to make the big comeback and 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 eke it out by one point. Last year as well in Happy Valley, we eke it out win by one. Actually, you look at the last two Ohio State-Penn State games, the Buckeyes trailed by double digits in the fourth quarter of both of those games and came back to win. So I'm probably going against my better instinct and, and, and thinking Ohio State wins this one convincingly or you know comfortably, I guess. But there's two issues that I see with Penn State that do not bode well for, for them in this game, going into this game, and, and I think could could end up giving us a much different result in the last three years. Their, their secondary is vulnerable. They, they don't have a lot of size in their secondary. We've seen lesser, good, but lesser offenses in both Minnesota and Indiana uh, really exploit that secondary for big chunk plays in the passing game down the field. Lots of yards, Lots of points. I would, if I'm a Penn State fan, I would be worried about that going into this game in the shoe against Ohio State. The other thing is, Penn State doesn't run the ball particularly well, and I've been trying to pull up their uh, their rushing statistics and where they stand uh, nationally. I'm not going to find it here before I finish, but they don't run the ball particularly well. They're a middling running team, and I, I think that also does not bode well for them next week. I think Ohio State can turn them. Now, I, I do think. Uh, their quarterback is a pretty good playmaking quarterback. I'm blanking on his name. Sorry, guys, if someone can remember his name. I think he can make some plays with his feet, and he can extend plays in the pocket, find guys downfield. I think Hamler's a good receiver. But I just feel like you have to be more of a complete offense to come into the shoe and beat this Ohio State team. And I think you're in big trouble if you're giving up that those kinds of passing statistics to the likes of Indiana and Minnesota. So... I'll give you guys my prediction uh, later this week, but 
I'm feeling pretty good about Ohio State going into Saturday against Penn State. Any other comments on uh, on uh, Penn I'm State? I'm glad it's at home. Yeah, me too. Even though they have a weak secondary, that crowd, they can get some pressure on fields. That's can, true. You know, it's, uh, I'm just glad it's, it's at home. We're, we have our hands full. So Penn State is 53rd in the country in rushing offense. And it, I, wow. Yeah, I, I just, that's, that's, they're a middling rushing team. And I don't think it's for lack of trying. I just don't think they have anybody that can run the ball with, you know, there's certainly no Saquon Barkley. Uh, in that offense, and um, I, I think that's something I would be concerned with. And, and the other, you know, the other thing I was going to say, I forgot to mention this, is I would also be a little concerned about the front seven, uh, that front seven being unable to get pressure against both Indiana and Minnesota. Um, they, they didn't get a ton of pressure; only three sacks in their last two games. But maybe Penn State, maybe Franklin's got the formula. I know I listened to Doug Marie uh, on the Cleveland.com pod last night and he thinks it's going to be a good game and his feeling is that this Penn State just gets up for this game James Franklin knows how to prepare for Ohio State they have the type of athletes that aren't going to be intimidated by Ohio State and maybe all of that's true certainly the the last three results between these teams would point to that I yeah I don't know then again you know Lay Marie in his predictions I don't know how much stock you could put into it yeah I yeah I don't think so because you know, to your point, like there is no Saquon Barkley on this team, and that guy's like a freaking generational running back, right? And mm-hmm. so I just think, from a talent perspective, Ohio State and Penn State, the last few years were actually close um, or closer than they are right now. Mm-hmm. It, clearly, Ohio State is the superior team. Clearly, uh, you know, we have just better athletes than Penn State does. Who do they have that scares you? And, you know, okay, fine, they got Hamler. Take him away. Um, how are you going to beat us with your, you know, six foot four tight end? I mean, that's really what they're going to have to do. Is that going to be enough? I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, I just this this is not the 2017 Penn State offense coming into the shoe. It's just not. This is not Saquon Barkley in the backfield. They had a good group of receivers that year too. This is not Mike. That tight end's pretty good. He might be about as good as Mike Gusecki was. Um, yeah, he might be. <laughs> um, but but I'm not sure Sean Clifford. Uh, is the same type of quarterback um, that we've seen, you know, from Penn State these last three years as dynamic and game-changing a quarterback, although he does have some playmaking ability. I don't know. And, and you know, it's a different approach. I, I, I personally didn't think Ohio State played very well in those last two games. I didn't think they were very prepared. They didn't seem to be prepared. They didn't seem to be up for the game. And I wonder if Ryan Day is going to take a different approach. Sorry, Paige, were you going to say something? <laughs> Uh, just that, you know, Trace McSorley uh, was a hell of a good college quarterback and could have flashes where he just, he was good. Like, he could kill you, yeah. um, you know, especially with his, his scrambling ability. Clifford's just not the player that even McSorley is, at least not yet, right? Yeah. So, um, I'm, you no, know, we're, yeah. we're not doing predictions, but I think we're all sort of leaning a certain way at this point. I mean, we could literally get the fan base to do a self-induced whiteout. And we would still win. <laughs> so you're feeling good yeah. about it as well. Yeah. The I will say, I, I think this is a game that Ryan Day keeps the gas on the pedal the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, w- it would be kind of fun to see, you know, like J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields, you know, play a whole four-quarter game. It's, it's been forever since we've seen, I mean, when was the last time these guys played four quarters? 
I, I don't I don't know that they have all year. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I'm saying all this at the risk of you know sticking my foot in my mouth, you know, next Sunday, uh, because the results have all, all been close. I still really feel like that Michigan game for me looms as a much bigger test for them this year than Penn State. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see. And everyone, yeah, think about what uh, what your score prediction is going to be for for later this week. Guys, are there any other comments on on uh, next week's big matchup with Penn State? No, not on that, but I do would like to say one thing before closing that sure. uh, on uh, Fox's pre like you know yesterday they were playing the Michigan uh, fight song and I think I don't know who it was I think it was the guy on the corner spot asked uh, Urban if he knew what the uh, Michigan fight song was he goes no but I know seven and oh that's awesome I thought that was sweet I thought it was awesome and and I think they had Charles Woodson on the set and that's that's why they had asked him so he said that. <laughs> I think Charles Woodson had just given like they they panned to him and he had just given a pregame speech like a mock pregame speech to Michigan going into the game, and you know he gives us some and passion speech and then I think they start talking about the fight song and yeah that's when they turned to to Meyer and like do you know the words to the to the fight song he's like I know seven and zero oh. <laughs> anyway that's great well on, on that note guys it was a good effort for a Sunday thanks for making the time uh, early in the day. And uh, why don't we wrap things up here and we'll reconvene later this week to talk about uh, Penn State. <laughs> <laughs>